It's good to be blue. All right, you can watch the show right now on YouTube. YouTube, search Out of Bounds Sports. Would love for you to hit the subscribe button. We welcome in our friend, NFL, LSU insider, Mike Detillier, WWL Radio TV, New Orleans. He joins us on ESPN 105.9 The Zone and on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. So, Mike D., we had, uh, and I can't remember if we hit this with you last week, but we had Jeff Duncan on. He talked about how Michael Thomas is just not the same with the surgeries. And so, what do you think the ceiling is? I mean, he can obviously contribute in some way, shape, or form, but what do you think the ceiling is now for Michael Thomas in his career, Mike D.? I still think he's a 75 to 85 catch guy i mean he's not going to be this 120 guy uh anymore and injuries and age i've sort of caught up with that but he's going to still be a big contributor to this offense if anyone is saying mike thomas isn't a difference maker they got that wrong completely wrong is he the same mike thomas of 2019 no uh jeff is right about that but that guy was unique in this offense with Drew. He was unique. But he's still a big target receiver that can work the short, intermediate areas very well and move the chains for you. And in the red zone, it'll be a difference maker. What a lot of people don't quite get is he doesn't need to be that guy anymore. Because you got Chris Olave. And Chris, I think, he went last year from being a good to very good player. Yes. To being what we see is a very good to close to an elite receiver. So I don't need Michael Thomas to be the 2019 guy. And he's not going to be that player anymore. Again, Injuries and age have sort of whittled a little bit of that away from him. Hmm. Man, uh, you know, he knows how to get open. He knows how to move the chains. And we saw last year, early on, when they played Atlanta, the opening game, he made the difference in the fourth quarter. Okay? How much has he lost from then? I mean, he's the same guy. And he was making plays. So I get what Jeff's saying, and I'm not disagreeing with him at all. But I, the Saints don't need him to be the 2019 Michael Thomas. Okay, yeah, Fair enough. They don't need that, that, that guy. What they need is a big target receiver who could make contested catches. And Mike can still do that very, very well. And you throw in the fact, that and even though he's been injured, Rashid Shahid, the speed element that he gives you. So um, I think all in all, Thomas is still going to be a big part of this attack for the Saints offensively. And they are a different team with him than without him. <laughs> Don't kid yourself. 
They are a different team when he's on the field and when he's not. And the offense the last couple of years have proven that. Um, what With Derek Carr, do you feel like he's had a good camp, great camp, pretty good camp? What, I think he's had a good camp. Okay. Uh, again, there is some rapport stuff that when you're on a new team and getting used to receivers, I think that always takes a little bit of an adjustment. Uh, his adjustment with a Michael Thomas, with a Chris Olave, uh, he's had a lot of work with. And also, too, with Jawan Johnson, who I think of all the offensive players on this Saints team has made the biggest leap from a year ago. you got to remember with Jawan, it was the first year he had ever played tight end. He had always been an outside wideout. And then they kicked him inside. And the rapport with him and Derek Carr has gone very, very well. One of the things we do see in practices is Derek um, concentrating a lot more on getting the football to the tight ends. If it's been Jawan, if it's been Foster Morrow, if it's been Jimmy Graham, uh, a Jesse James, uh, you know, it, it doesn't matter. He he likes to throw the football to the tight end, and he had a pretty good one with in Las Vegas. Yeah, he did. Uh, and Darren Waller. Now he's with the Giants now, but man, uh, I do think you're going to see that as a bigger part of the Saints' attack. But I think he's had a good camp, and uh, his rapport with the receivers, tight ends, backs have has gotten better. But man, he puts a lot of work and effort. You can tell. Uh, he ain't just half stepping this. He puts a lot of work into his game. Good for him. Okay. Uh, Jameis Winston may be one of the best backups in the league. Yeah, no question about it. And he knows his role today. Um, but Mike, don't you believe there's several guys that will start this year that Jameis is better than. I would have to believe he's sitting there thinking, I've got some more juice. I may not be a top 15 guy, but I'm between 15 and 22 or 23. And, you know, that's splitting hairs in there. I mean, don't you think he's better than several guys who will take the first snap on the 10th? I think I wouldn't put him in 15 to 23. Uh, He'd be beyond that with me. And to be honest with you, I thought he had a better camp a year ago than he did this year. Okay. But uh, but he understands his role. And Jameis is going to be hit and miss. Uh, it's been throughout his pro career where he's been very – when he's very hot, he, he can carve you up and then he'll get cold at times too. That is sort of part of his makeup as a player. Uh, and I think that's always going to be there. And he's going to be the backup this year uh, for Derek Carr. Uh, they like Jake Hayner, but, you know, Jake's still a rookie. So I think he's going to be the guy for the future as a backup. And Jameis will get an opportunity to put his uh, football services out there to teams after this season. And so, you know, again, starting experience, physical ability, he's got a lot of, and he's got a really strong arm. 
but there is that erotic nature to him. And I think that that's always going to be part of his game, that eroticism uh, of of having maybe a great game and then not so good game. So you you understand that with, with Jameis. And I know Sean tried to work around it, and then he had the injury and that sort of thing. So it's it's just going to be, for the Saints, it's a good feature to have a guy with experience and talent and understands the Saints offense in case something would happen with Derek Carr that he would go down for a stretch. I have to tell you about this game-changing product I use before a night out with drinks. It's called Z-Biotics. Let's face it, after a night out with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to, and I have to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day, and that is until I found Z-Biotics. Every time I have a Z-Biotics before drinks, I notice a difference the next day. Even after a night out, I can confidently plan on hosting this show and being awesome without worry. Look, I won't lie. I was a bit on the fence about Z-Biotics initially, but then while hanging out with friends over cocktails, I gave it a shot. And believe me, it is the real deal. Go to zbiotics.com slash OOB to get 15% off your first order when you use OOB at checkout. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash OOB and use the code OOB at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mike Dettelier, Saints, LSU insider, WWL Radio, TV New Orleans. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Show is driven by the Nissan Pathfinder at Cannon, Nissan, and Jackson. Mike, who is the biggest threat in the NFC South for the Saints? For me, it's the Falcons, the way they're pieced together. Um, Their starting five offensive linemen are pretty good. I can't say that for every team in the NFC South. I can't tell you anything about Desmond Riddle. I mean, that four-game stretch really doesn't tell you the whole story. And from people who cover them, he's had his good moments and bad uh, in training camp. But, man, they can run the ball. And you've got a three-headed monster at running back, and it's going to be led by, I think, the rookie that's going to tilt the field this year and be John Robinson. And you've got a king-size wide receiver group with a Kyle Pitts, Drake London. That, that'll be really good, and they'll play a little keep-away with you. How much better can they be on offense I mean, on defense is the big question mark. Over the last 10 years, they have never went over 40 quarterback sacks in a season. Never. 
Oh, man, listen, if you can't get pressure on the quarterback today, you're in trouble. No doubt. And so that's why they went and got David Onyemata from the Saints, Caden Ellis, uh, Calais Campbell. And, uh, you know, at this stage of his career, Campbell understands that, you know, he's not going to be a full-time player. But if he can give you 25 to 30 quality snaps, uh, you 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 work in pretty well there. And you put Onyemata and Grady Jarrett in the middle, that's pretty strong uh, of an inside push. And Ellis, I think, will help them off the edge very, very well. So their secondary is young. you got a lot of young guys back there. How quickly that can come together. I know Ryan Nielsen really well. I think he'll do a really good job there. And their kicking game is solid across the board. So I think they're the team to watch because Arthur Smith's going to be innovative on what he does. Uh, I, You know, being part of that Tennessee Titans radio network, I saw what happened when he was there and what he did with the talent the Titans had there. And their offense and Tannehill rolled pretty well uh, with Arthur, as, as good as you could ask for. I think he'll do a good job there. The big question mark is, Bo, it's, it's fair or unfair. We judge quarterbacks in big games, big situations, right? Sure. You got no book on Desmond Ritter in the NFL. You 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 can't go back to the book. There is none on him in those type spots. So I think they're the biggest threat for the Saints. Because if Ritter comes around down the stretch, this is going to be a Saints-Falcons battle to the end. Uh, what about Baker Mayfield? Do you think he holds on to that starting job beginning to end, or do you think Kyle Trask has a chance to uh, take over at some point during the season? Kind of got a feeling Kyle may be in there, but, you know, Baker's the better player. Uh, I've seen nothing from Kyle Trask. Uh as a pro to make me think that he's going to KO Baker Mayfield. So their offensive line is going to be better because Ryan Jensen's back at center. And I'm a big center guy that when you lose your starting center, that takes a big chunk out of your offense. I'll never forget last year, the Bucks had a 13 game, um, uh, they won 13 games the year before. So the over and under was 12. Ryan Jensen gets hurt, and Vegas bumped down their win total to 11 immediately. Okay, that takes a lot to move a team one full game, and it's not your quarterback. How many games they won last year? With no Jensen in the lineup, eight. Oh. People don't realize the importance of that center position. You're the quarterback of the other four guys and the tight end. You're making the calls. You're making the adjustments. Lose the center and see how it affects a football team dramatically. And uh, I've been a big believer in it. Uh, I know this was, man, uh, like, 2007, the goal sheet and Mort Olson 
did a, a review of the last 20 years in the NFL and college football. And if you lose a center, the next game, it equals out to right under 80% of the time you lose. And it has long-term effects if he's out for a long time. It does go to show you, Jensen not being in that lineup hurt that team. You know what? I don't think the Packers have been the same since they lost Corey Lindsley uh, to the L.A. Chargers. Has their offensive line played well since Lindsley left? They haven't. It, it's, it's been a shaky group <laughs> across the board. Uh, and I do think it's had some long-term effects with the Packers losing a guy like Corey Lindsley and what it's done to the Chargers. Yeah, Justin Herbert's terrific. But who was the calming influence? Who picked up all those inside blitzes? Who made the calls to make sure that, you know, that Herbert was upright? Isn't it not just a coincidence? Who played in Super Bowl Sunday? The best center in pro football in Jason Kelsey. And you can make a pretty strong argument, maybe the best center in the AFC, Creed Humphrey. Yeah. You know, it does have a lot of connected dots. And so I, I think the Bucks will be better because of Jensen in the lineup, uh, at handling that center position. I don't know how well they can run the ball. And – Dippin was so heavy reliant. Tom Brady, the last two years, he threw the football more those two years than any other years in his entire career. Think of that. At his age, he's throwing the football more the last two than he did any other year. And that's never good for a quarterback, that all that is lapped on you. You've got to be able to run the ball. It's still a question mark for me with the Bucks. Do they have that guy that can handle that rushing load? I think they'll be better up front because of Jensen. But do they have the horse, so to speak? Do they have the horse that can take it? So, And I, that's one area with the Saints, Eric McCoy. Uh, he, he is a really good center in this league. But, man, if he goes down, the Saints are in trouble uh, because I have seen Max Garcia play center. <laughs> Mike Dettelier on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. Okay, let's go out to the uh, NFC West and and tell me what you're thinking as there's question marks all around the 49ers and whether the Rams will bounce back and then, you know, who knows from there? So what do you see there? I like the 49ers. I think they know Brock Purdy's their guy. I mean, I think this is sort of a dog and pony show because somewhere along the line, you're going to have to jettison Trey Lance and trade and get what you can for him. I'm not sure they can get much for Trey, but they know Brock's the guy. And, and they're going to be effective. Man, but with that defense, they don't have to score a lot of points, to be honest with you. Their defense is still really, really good. Their offensive line is strong. They're going to run the football. That's always been part of Shanahan's deal. You get a healthy George Kittle. 
Brandon Ayuk, I think, is developing into a really good player in this league. And you got Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey. Clear cut, they're the best team in the West. But if they tilt that head just a little bit, Seattle's right behind them, nipping at the heels. Seattle has got an accumulation of a lot of really good talent. Mm. Uh, they got a young offensive line, a bevy of young backs. You throw in Charbonnet coming in from UCLA. Their receiving core now with Jackson of the Jigba is going to be a nice addition to what they already have uh, with DK and Lockett. Their defense has always been pretty good uh, under Pete Carroll, and they bring back Bobby Wagner. So, man, they're going to be right there at the end. Most likely a playoff team that will come in as a wild card, but I wouldn't want to play them in January. The big question mark is, can Geno Smith do this back-to-back years? And, I, again, I I was impressed at what I saw with Geno last year. They certainly looked as though the light came on and things worked for him. Right. But they ran the ball so well with Kenneth Walker. And now you throw in Charbonnet? <laughs> Man, you got a power rush. That's right up what Pete wants. I think the Rams will be a tad better, but not much better. Okay. Uh, to be honest with you. And you can make an argument the Cardinals are the worst team in the NFL. Nice. Well, tip of the cap to them. Um, all right. Yeah, look, I think the Seahawks, you threw them out last week, and yep. I went back and listened to our interview. And and then I started kind of, you know, scratching around on them. And this is typical Pete, you know, one more run. And it looks like he and Snyder have done a good job building that roster. And like you said, they could give the 49ers some problems and some other people. And you know, Mike, if they win enough games, you don't want to go up there in January and play in the postseason. No, hell no. Uh, we've seen that with the Saints. <laughs> And some really good Saints teams have went up there, and they've come back with their tail between their legs. No doubt, with with a Hall of Fame coach and quarterback. And the other part of it, people forget. Jamal Adams, back in the lineup on defense. They gave up a lot for Jamal. uh, Too much. And that I agree with, but he is a playmaker for them. Now, he plays way too big for his body. Uh, I've been around Jamal. He's not a real big guy, but he plays like he, he thinks he's six foot three and 230 pounds, and he's about five foot ten and three quarters and about 208 pounds. But he gives you another element along with Wagner that they didn't have a year ago. And that, that team's got a lot of young talent, and they could be dangerous. And I agree with you. You want to play them in Seattle in January? Hoss, you ain't never been up there. No. It's cold, it's damp, it's rainy, and it's windy. Mm. And throw all those combinations together, you don't want to be playing on their turf uh, in January. And- I would not be surprised to that – 49 and Seattle play three games this year. Wow. That'll be epic if we get a third game in the Bay Area or in Seattle. It'll be it could be miserable weather in the Bay Area too. Pete has built so is yeah. the forty they both built their teams for January and bad weather. Like you said, 
uh, they're able to pound the rock and they're they're hell on defense. That could be whew, that could be a heck of a Sunday right there. Okay. Yeah. The other thing too is remember last year who had the easiest schedule in the NFC. I don't remember the Philadelphia Eagles. Ah. Guess who? The, what Saints. They, guess who has the toughest schedule in the NFC this year? Who? Philadelphia Eagles. Thank goodness. I'm trying to figure out if my Cowboys can find a path. No, I, I, Bo, a lot of people poo-foo that, but I'm just telling you, there is a correlation with that. Teams get better and teams change year to year. But, and, and I'm not trying to take anything away from the Eagles. I thought last year they were terrific. But I don't think they will win as many games this year as they did a year ago. All right, we'll leave it there. Mike Mike D's got us ready for football. I can't wait to watch the Seahawks this year. Typical Pete Carroll and Snyder getting this thing rolling, and the 49ers are run well, too. Mike D, thank you, buddy. Thank you, Bo. Mike Dettelier at Mike Dettelier on Twitter, WWL Radio TV New Orleans, driven by your next Nissan Pathfinder with the all-new body style. Beautiful-looking SUV. At Canon Nissan in Jackson. Also the Nissan Rogue. And the Nissan Maxima. We're live in the Bank Plus studio. Out of bounds. ESPN 105.9 The Zone. They'll drop Swamp Kings on Florida Gators football under Urban Meyer today on Netflix. I can't wait.